You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of The Press Zone Montreal and the press on Philadelphia. That's right. It's two shows for the price of one today. It's a it's a two for one. Um, and it's only because it is a very special day here for us at the press zone. We are celebrating our two 100th episode today, and we are so pleased that you're here to celebrate with us. We've got lots in store for you today, some surprises, and lots of hockey news, and it's going to be great. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. I am your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. I am uh, Amy Johnson, and of course, I'm joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He's been here for each one of those 200 episodes. Uh, He's our founder and editor-in-chief, and that would be the one and only Rick Stevens. Happy 200th, sir. Happy 200th to you. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed every single episode. Are you kissing All up 200? already? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun. No, it has been it fun. It has. It has. It has. You know, we've, um, it's, it's taken practice, you know. 200 episodes is a lot of episodes. I mean, this we've just recently started season five of the press zone. So I it's, haven't been practicing in between episodes. Are you really? saying I should be? Well, no. Well, I'm saying it's it's we've completed four seasons and we're now into the fifth season. So it's four years of of work. That's a lot of practice to get to 200 episodes. That's true. Um, you know, even starting the show wasn't always. You know, getting off on the right foot wasn't always easy. In fact, um, I think you might have a little audio clip there that that says the press zone one. Let's just let's just go back four years ago. Let's go back. Actually, it's yeah, four years ago, 2017. And, and, you know, sometimes it wasn't always easy getting the show started. Welcome, hockey fans. And you're here with Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens for another episode from the press box coming to you every Tuesday on the AHL report. It's great to be here. That's where you say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Welcome, hot fans, and it's another episode of From the Breast From the Breast Box. I think I'll be editing this one. (laughs) Nice. Is that a different podcast you do? Or... 
I seem to have gotten cut off there. <laughs> um, it wasn't always easy. Um, back in the days when the press zone used to be called from the press box, either sometimes you just didn't feel like saying hello. Um, other times I, um, the Freudian slips were, uh, the, the blooper reel and the, and the cutting floor uh, is, uh, is um well, and extensive. listen, our, our audio quality was uh, a, little, a little less than it is now. We've made some upgrades, significant upgrades since then. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's fun stuff. I'm glad that you said hello today, though. No, I... That's very, it's very good. I was waiting for you to finish your thought. You know. I see, mm-hmm. I see. Well, you know... Uh, if well, you're... since we can't see each other, and, and at that point, yeah, the the studio setup was a little different, and the, there was a delay, and oh yeah, yeah, it was a little difficult. It was awkward. It was more. I don't know what was more awkward that awkward pause where you forgot to say hello, or me welcoming everyone to from the breast box. I'm not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> Not really sure. Um, But I do know uh, it's been 200 episodes. Uh, We are so thankful for each and every one of our listeners throughout those 200 episodes. We've got uh, we've got more great lookbacks coming up throughout the show. So you'll you'll have some more entertainment, uh, I promise. Um, And over that time, whether you're a longtime listener or a relatively new listener, uh, you've also heard heard us talk more recently about DraftKings, since we are now affiliated and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Uh, Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. You know, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. That's what makes DraftKings the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Again, that's promo code THPN stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, So, okay. All kidding aside, we have a great show uh, in store for you today. Um, Lots to talk about. Uh, And so what are those things? Well, in our first step, and, and, and the nice thing, of course, Rick, we couldn't Normally, we have the Press Zone Montreal, and we have a sec- separate podcast called the Press Zone Philadelphia, um, so that all of our podcast fan base gets to listen to the podcast uh, about the team that they prefer to follow. But we couldn't really rightfully give one fan base or the other the 200th episode. So we're going back to our old format just for this week in uh, one episode for both uh, fan bases. So it means we've got a lot to pack into today's episode. So in our first segment, uh, it'll be dedicated to the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers organizations. Oh, there's... Oh, so much to choose from this week Uh, on the Montreal side of things. Of course, we're going to talk about the Carey Price debacle that suddenly sprang out of nowhere um, late on on Saturday, uh, which 
came has sent shockwaves through the entire hockey community. Everyone is kind of waited, waiting with bated breath now that that is the story about the expansion draft. We'll talk a bit about that. In addition, uh, the Laval, uh, the Montreal Canadiens named their new head coach to replace Joel Bouchard today. Uh, we were on the call uh, with new Laval Rocket head coach Jean-Francois Houle. Uh, and so we will not only tell you a little bit about him and about his press conference, we've also got audio for you from that press conference so you get to hear right from the new head coach uh, just hot off the presses a couple of hours ago. Uh, switching to the Philadelphia Flyers side, they've also got a head, uh, not a head coach, I keep doing that. They've got a new uh, coach that they've recently announced, uh, Daryl Williams, coming in as an assistant coach to Elaine Vigneault. We're going to talk about the big splashy trade that the Flyers made uh, prior to the trade deadline before the expansion draft. Um, and uh, just Basically, wrap things up in that first segment with some talk about the expansion draft and the trade deadline and and the protected list and so on and so forth. Uh, Then in our second segment, we're going to go around the AHL. Plenty of news in the American League level as well. The Vancouver Canucks have finally launched their new Abbotsford team. So we're here to uh, talk to you about the new team, what they're called, what's their logo, what's their, all that good stuff. Uh, And we've got some thoughts on that as well as uh, some head coaching movement. Um, We'll have news about who is going to head up that new Abbotsford team as the head coach. Uh, There's another head coaching position that has now come open because um, an AHL Eastern Conference head coach has been promoted to an NHL position. Uh, And another head coaching vacancy in the American League, aside from Laval, was also filled this week, and we'll tell you about that as well. Then finally, in the third segment, we go beyond the AHL. Uh, and there's uh, plenty of things happening this week. Is uh, If you listened to the show last week, you'll know uh, we said that it was going to be a packed week this week with the expansion draft on Wednesday night. Well, the NHL entry draft is Friday and Saturday. The first round, of course, being Friday night, the rest of the rounds on Saturday. So we'll talk to you a bit about that. The USA Hockey's World Junior Summer Showcase starts on Saturday. That's a week-long event we're going to talk about as well as all of the coverage you can expect from Rocket Sports Media through both drafts and the World Junior Summer Showcase this week leading into free agency for next week. Whew. And if you want to feel good finale, um, it's about some ways that uh, if you really like what we do here at Rocket Sports, we've got ways for you to get involved for next season uh, as I don't I'm not going to say as the summer winds down because it's really not. But it feels that way because it's going at warp speed. We're in the third week of July already and uh, starting to make plans for next season. So, Rick, it is a packed show from top to bottom here on the 200th episode of The Presso. Well, it's kind of appropriate that uh, we brought both of uh, our our podcasts together for this uh, this big extravaganza show. That's right. Uh, given that there's been seismic shifts in um, in both organizations this past week. Absolutely, there there really has been, um, and I think we should start with probably the one that's. This was the 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 leak that heard round the hockey world, um, and that is. The bombshell that dropped uh, when it got leaked on Saturday that Carey Price had agreed to waive his NMC, his no movement clause, just for the expansion draft uh, and allowing himself to be exposed to Seattle um, so that the Habs could protect Jake Allen. 
And I mean, everyone, I think everyone at first thought you've got, that's a joke. That's not happening. There's no way. Um, and soon more and more sources started to confirm it. And it became a very real thing that it seemed that Carrie Price was going to be exposed. Um, so then it was, well, why? And what kind of game of chicken is Mark Bergevin playing? And then, of course, that evolved even further uh, the next day. Uh, kudos to Frank Saravelli, who seems to be the breaker of all big news these days, um, coming out with a new leaked information that after um, Seattle had, um, of course... Uh, Sure enough, um, the protected list came out. Jake Allen was protected by Montreal. Carrie Price was not. Uh, and so it came out that once the medical reports were released to Seattle, that uh, allegedly Price is dealing with some injury issues, a hip injury, possibly a knee injury, and don't know the extent of those injuries yet, don't know if surgery is going to be required. And if if it is, he could miss um eight weeks, he could miss half a season, or he could be out for the entire season next year. We have no idea. They're all big question marks right now. So Rick, uh, everyone in Habs land is, I think, having a meltdown uh, because the franchise goaltender who literally just carried the team on his back to the Stanley Cup final could be lost for absolutely nothing to an expansion team. Um, and the rest of the hockey world is going Holy crap, Seattle could start their franchise with Carey Price. Carey Price is uh, the, the face of the franchise. He's the, uh, the best player, uh, obviously, on the Montreal Canadiens and has been for some time. He's the cornerstone, cornerstone of, the, of uh, the franchise. And he, along with Shea Weber, uh, were the two best players for the Canadiens in the, in the playoffs. And they are the foundation uh, both on ice and off ice, uh, as far as leadership, um, and both. There's the potential that both uh, could be um, lost to the Canadians, uh, either uh, for uh, some time, um, you know, a portion of next year, or perhaps both have played their their last game. With respect to uh, Carey Price and the expansion draft, uh, this is a very, very risky game that Mark Bergevin is playing. And um, it seems that um, uh, Ron Francis and Mark Bergevin uh, didn't get quite get off on the on the right foot, and uh, they had conversations about uh, who would be exposed and who the preferent who the preferred player was uh, for Seattle. Uh, Seattle was assuming that it, uh, Jake Allen would be unprotected. Um, and demanded, made a demand uh, as far as a second round pick and a prospect uh, for them to leave uh, Jake Allen alone. Um, Mark Bergevin refused to pay that. He said no um, um, and, and thought he could negotiate down. And, um, and so he, they went back and forth and, and uh, uh, Mark Bergevin's first threat to uh, Ron Francis was, well, listen, I'll just trade him. Uh, expecting to that that would prompt uh, Ron Francis to lower the price. It didn't. Uh, so Mark Bergevin went through the motions. He half-heartedly made a couple of calls to make it look good, but he had no interest in trading uh, Jake Allen. Um, and, and they got back together, had another conversation, <clears throat> and uh, tried to negotiate it again. And Mark Bergevin just, again, 
uh, kind of um, flippantly said, well, fine. Uh, if you want uh, Jake Allen so bad, then I'm just going to protect Jake Allen and uh, expose Carey Price. To which Ron Francis said, uh, go ahead, do it then. <laughs> and then that boxed uh, um, Mark Bergevin in, in uh, and, uh, and he was forced to, to do what he's done. That is expose Carey, Carey Price. Uh, with the thought that um, that the, the 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 contract would would easily scare off um, the crack, and remember that that um, that this game was played. Uh, Mark Bergevin's already played this game with Carolina uh, Hurricanes, and and the offer sheet uh, that he would thought that he thought would scare uh, for Sebastian Ajo, that he thought would scare um, Carolina financially, um, it didn't. Um, and the same thing is happening here. So Mark Bergevin, uh, you know, there was contract information, and then you saw it leaked that, oh, yes, Carey Price is due an $11 million signing bonus in September, and then there was a leak back uh, from Seattle saying, uh, our owners are, have um, have given us the green light. They don't, they don't mind the... Uh, the, the financial cost at all. Of course, they had just paid $1.2 billion for their arena, $650 million for the franchise fee, uh, $250 million for an arena in, in uh, Palm Springs. Um, so then it was, uh, again, back and forth, trading trading leaks, mm-hmm. leaks to the media. Uh, Montreal uh, leaked uh, information, the... the uh, um, Injury information, um, more or less lingering uh, injury information uh, for his hip, his knee, for Carey Price. And um, the next day, um, Seattle said, uh, no, we're doing our due, due diligence, but uh, just might be worth it um, <laughs> to uh, let Carey Price uh, get his injuries uh, looked after. And uh, if he can play like he did uh, during the playoffs, as an injured player, what can he do for us um, when his uh, when when surgery can correct uh, the problems that he has? So it's back and forth. Uh, Seattle isn't uh, isn't budging, isn't re- isn't lowering their their um, uh, demands from uh, Montreal to avoid picking the player that uh, Montreal wants uh, wants them to take. And and so it, this is this is going to go right down to the wire, and it's probably. A fifty-fifty kind of um, uh, thing, whether whether Seattle takes Carey Price or not. And um, I, well, I've said before, you know, I I, I don't mind gambling. Um, this is these are not odds that I like. Um, I hate this move by Mark Bergevin. I know one of Frank Saravelli's reports um, mentioned that this was Carey Price's idea. Um, because he feels that if he's going to be out for an extended period of time next year, uh, he doesn't want to, he wanted to make sure that the Canadians could protect Jake Allen so that it wouldn't put the Habs in the lurch. Um, I'm not saying I think that's a load of baloney, 100%. I'm just a little skeptical about that, uh, of, of whether or not the complete genesis of this idea was carry prices. Um, I'm also tired of the, well, you know, if it does happen, at least, you know, they have family in the area. Angela's from, from family is from, from the area and, and Carrie will be closer to his family in BC. And I'm sorry, there's just, there's no consolation prizes for losing 
for absolutely nothing, for, for zero return, losing your franchise future Hall of Famer goaltender that just got you to the Stanley Cup final. It's inexcusable. I, I'm... I am. I've been apoplectic for the last three days uh, since this happened, and every bit of news that gets leaked out uh, makes me. It starts me all over again. Um, this is just. Com- this is. This is not. It, whether or not, <laughs> uh, whether or not Seattle actually takes him, I the the fact that you that 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 you took the step. And took the risk to potentially lose him, I think, is a is a horrible move on Mark Bergevin's part. Um, I understand Carey Price carries a big contract with him, but he just showed everyone in the playoffs uh, why he deserves to be paid the money that he's paid. Um, I, I don't like this at all. I don't want to see Carey Price uh, get snapped up for nothing. Uh, I don't want to see Carey Price go to the Seattle Kraken. I don't want Carey Price to be the Kraken's version of Marc-Andre Fleury for the Vegas Golden Knights, which is exactly what ended up happening in their expansion draft a few years ago. Um, I don't I, – I, I worry about the implications if they lose Price and then, okay, so what happens next year? Do you th- So you've got Jake Allen. Great. Uh, who's is Jake Allen going to be your starter or is Mark Bergevin going to go out and get another goaltender to be the starter so that Jake Allen is still the backup? Uh, that's a giant question mark. I don't know that I have the faith that he'll do that. If that's the case, do they think that, or, or even if, if, if Carey doesn't go to Seattle um, and ends up staying, but needs half a year to rehab, um, then, then they stay with Jake Allen and who's, and who's his backup? Caden Primo? Caden Primo has yet to play a full season in the AHL as the starter. He has not done that yet, and he obviously desperately needs that. Um, So is this a potential disastrous road to start going down in terms of Caden Primo's development? Um, It just raises a million questions. I don't like any of the potential scenarios of how they get answered, and Rick, I just... um, I hate this from top to bottom. I, Here, I hate it. <laughs> here's a tweet that kind of follows what uh, you were saying uh, from uh, at Puck, Puck Podcast. It's Jake Allen, who in Montreal is worried about losing Jake Allen. I truly don't get this at all. If you lose Jake Allen to the Kraken, go out and get one of 20 other good backups that are available this summer. Mark Bergevin, you are about to lose your job. Um, th- there was this, this was working out so well for Mark Bergevin. Uh, all he had to do, uh, he, 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 he understood that, uh, that, um, the Kraken were going to take Jake Allen. You go out just as Joe Sackick did, uh, with Ryan Graves and you trade him. Um, so you trade Jake Allen, um, there, um, whatever you, if you get picks, whatever you get, uh, that's an additional asset that you wouldn't get if, um, uh, the, the Kraken were to pick Jake Allen and then, and then, and you protect Carey Price. And then what happens? The Kraken have to pick Jonathan Duran. Uh, they have to pick, um, Paul Byron. Both, both of those contracts you want to get rid of. Uh, they would have to pick maybe uh, in that case Kale Fleury, and and I don't want to see Kale Fleury uh, go. He's he's a good prospect, uh, but the Canadians have plenty of of defensive prospects on the way. That whole scenario um, uh, would have worked out well. And and yes, you've traded away Jake Allen, but 
as as the tweet said, uh, there are lots of goalies on the market. Uh, you go go out and get a goalie. Even someone like um, uh, Georgiev, who the Rangers ha- ha- mm-hmm. have said is available. Um, this was this was easy for Mark Bergevin, and he made it into an absolute mess. Well, and you saw goaltenders moving on Saturday. It's not like there wasn't a market to be moving goaltenders. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been I think confirmed, um, or at least reliable sources are saying that they're they're lock, the Kraken are locking up Chris Dreiger for three years um, from the Florida Panthers. Uh, you know, there's there's as we saw on Saturday, there are trades to be had. We're going to talk about a, a, a big one that went down uh, with the Flyers. Um, but there were trades to be had. There were trades to be made. Um, the Canadians sat on their hands and didn't do anything. Um, it just leaves for it. It's a very precarious position that I think the Canadians find themselves in. And if you lose Carey Price, if you lose Carey Price, um, it looks like Phil Deneau's not back. Not that I think, I think there's plenty of people that would say, thanks, Phil, but it's time for you to move on with the money that he's looking for. Um, Weber, probably not playing next year. Um, there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle. If you lose Carey Price, the Habs aren't going to see the playoffs next year. They're just not. And, uh, your point about, um, Angela Price being being closer, um, you know that that if if um, Seattle picks Carey Price, they're going to put the best face on this. the The Price family is going to put the best uh, face on this and say, sure. um, you know, we're we're glad to be here, we're glad to be home, all those kinds of things. But this this isn't their first choice. This isn't what they want. Mm-mm. Carey Price has has said many 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 times. Uh, that he wants uh, to win a Stanley Cup in Montreal. He wants to stay in Montreal. He wants to um, um, be. He wants to retire as a Montreal Canadian. He doesn't want to go to an- another organization. So um, again, they would make the best of it. Um, and there's some silver linings there for them. Uh, but Carey Price prefers to to stay in Montreal, even though you know. However, this came about. Um, he he bailed out, or he's trying to bail out Mark Bergevin this time. Um, and that's the same Mark Bergevin who just a couple of weeks ago told all of us in the media that that he he lives and dies with Carey Price, but now risks losing him for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, believe me, this drama will continue. It is a, it is the thing. It is the one thing that everybody is watching. Uh, the expansion draft takes place Wednesday night at eight p.m. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a doozy, let me tell you. Um, so, you know, plenty of, uh, and trust me, on Habs Twitter, there's been plenty of uh, fan backlash on social media. Uh, plenty of tweets like the one that Rick just read saying, uh, if if he gets selected, Bergevin's done. Bergevin it's, should be fired. It's, a, it's an immediate fireable offense. Uh, get, you know overhaul everything if if Jeff Molson and and Mark Bergevin allow this to happen there's a lot of fan uh, upheaval about the prospect of losing Carey Price um and um so why not throw out some hey 
look over here at this shiny new object news today when suddenly it was announced that um, the Montreal Canadiens uh, were able to announce a new head coach for their AHL affiliate to replace Joel Bouchard, um, which I just find the timing you know, perhaps it's just coincidental, but I find the timing hilarious. Uh, so uh, it was announced today that the new head coach for the Laval Rocket is Jean-Francois Houle. And half of Twitter went, who? Uh, yes, uh, you heard the last name correctly. He is the son of Rajan Houle. Um, but uh, as uh, Paul Wilson told members of the media today, just before the press conference with uh, J.F. Houle started, he said... Um, he said, Paul Wilson said, I've been in touch with Rajon. Uh, he is a, quote, proud pop, uh, but also wanted me to convey that uh, he won't be doing a media availability because he doesn't want to distract any attention away from his son. So, um, which which I thought was interesting that that they had to preface the whole press conference with that. Um, well, and and we should say that that Reja Anula is still connected with the organization. He's the president of the alumni association, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just ironic uh, that Reja Anula traded away uh, the last great Canadians uh, goaltender, and uh, Mark Bergevin finds himself in this position or has created this. <laughs> Uh, that uh, they may lose Carey Price uh, um, under his tenure. Well, and isn't that the funny thing, too? I mean, everyone talks about that that pivot point of Ken Dryden uh, leaving the Canadians organization. Patrick Watt. Pa- sorry, Patrick Watt leaving the Canadians organization the way that he did. Um, and is that what Mark Bergevin's legacy is going to be, that he's the, he's the guy that let Carey Price go for nothing? Um, it's very, it's, it's a very interesting point that you bring up the, the, the similarities between the two. Uh, but Jean-Francois or JF Houle, um, comes from, uh, a, a lengthy, uh, coaching background. Uh, he did play, um, uh, he, he did play NCAA hockey in Clarkson. It's actually also where he got his coaching start uh, as an assistant coach for that team in the NCAA. Uh, he has coached in the CHL. He's coached in, coached in the ECHL. And the past six seasons, he's been an assistant coach for the Bakersfield Condors uh, in the AHL, which is, of course, the Edmonton Oilers AHL affiliate. But, uh, Rick, as you mentioned, being the son of Rajan Uhl, um if we have listeners who aren't as familiar with Montreal Canadiens history, just a brief um, note of why that's significant, who Rajan Uhl is to the Montreal Canadiens. Well, Rajan Uhl was, was both a player and, and the general manager. Um, as a player, won five Stanley Cups, I believe. Um, and uh, as a general manager, is, is, uh, was probably thrust into that position um, before he was ready and, uh, and, and, and got mixed up with uh, that uh, Patrick Waugh and Tremblay situation and, and, uh, and made one of the worst trades with Colorado uh, in Canadians' history. Um, so, uh, yes, he's, he's still with the organization. Uh, he uh, works with the alumni and, and uh, uh, helps set up alumni events. Um, his 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 son had a um, you know not as not as uh, successful uh, playing career, but uh, has had a long coaching 
um, career in, in, in many different leagues. Absolutely. Uh, so first off, uh, we have an audio clip here of, of JF um, just talking about what it means uh, to be coming back to Quebec, coming back to, to Montreal, and what it means to him to be taking a head coaching position within the Montreal Canadiens organization. Uh, for me, for my family, they're, they're extremely excited uh, to go back to Montreal and go back to my roots and where I'm from. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens have been part of my life for, and our family's life for 50 years now. And uh, it's, uh, I, I, take this, uh, uh, I take this very seriously, this job. And I know the importance of developing players in a winning environment is very important. And that's what I tend to do. So it's, uh, he's, he's, seems to be very pleased to be coming back to the province uh, and back to the organization that's been so central to his family for decades now. Um, so it is an interesting uh, connection there. Uh, and he's certainly um, seemed to say all the right things about being excited to be head coach of the Laval Rocket. It's interesting he brought up developing players in a winning environment. And, and there's... Um, there's a real divide. I mean, most coaches say the, the right things, they, but there is a choice to be made uh, sometimes between developing players and winning. And, uh, and, and that seemed to be a point of, of uh, disagreement between Joel Bouchard and, uh, and the organization, Scott Mellenby, Mark, Mark Bergevin. I thought it was very interesting that in the press release um, announcing uh, J.F. Wool as, as uh, the head coach of the Laval Rocket, uh, the Canadians said that, uh, that Uhl, his philosophy and values are aligned with ours. Um, I think that kind of confirms that uh, the previous coach, th- that, that was not the case. It, they were polar opposites. Uh, and that was obviously something that they were looking for uh, in, in the selection process. And, and uh, so obviously uh, this one is, is, is a better match than uh, the last head coach. We mentioned that he does have an extensive coaching background uh, in a lot of different le- leagues. And uh, when asked about uh, th- this next clip is is two actual uh, two different sound bites uh, from different points in the press conference today. But but all talking about uh, his coaching experience and, and what his unique experience can bring to the Laval Rocket and what his style of coaching is, the things he finds to be most important uh, when it comes to to leading an AHL team, I'm probably one of the only coaches and that I know of that's been that's coached in the CHL and the NCAA, and I think that's a a great thing for me. I've learned, uh, you know, to to uh, kind of get to know players, and I can I can sense and and know where they come from if they come from the NCAAs or the major junior. I even coach in these ECHL, so I know how they feel when they get sent down or sent up. Um, so, uh, you know, my style of coaching is, uh, you know, for me, it's communication. I'm a, I believe I'm a good communicator. Um, I listen to players. Uh, I'm a type of coach who's very, very positive. I'm one of those, you know, four positive for one negative. Uh, you know, we do a lot of video teaching as well to make sure that the players understand and see their mistakes. Uh, you know, I, I prone the communication and knowing the person as well and the individual. To me, it's just so important to get to know your players and have a connection. So, you know, that's what I intend to do. 
to develop in the winning environment. There's a lot in there. Um, the, the first thing he says is that his his coaching um, resume is kind of unique in that he's coached both in the NCAA and major junior hockey. And, and uh, that's really important if he can apply the lessons that he learned there. It's really important because it's a very different path for young prospects coming through uh, the NCAA or coming through the CHL. Very different. Um, and if he can understand that and apply that, uh, that's going to be a big help. And, and he, he'll also be able to know, um, you know, why, why a player might be struggling at a certain point. And it's because of that, uh, that different path. The other thing he said was, was uh, listening to players and developing relationship with, relationships with players. We're going to talk uh, in the next segment about Mark Morrison, um, who's uh, the head coach now of the Manitoba Moose. And, and his presser was interesting in that he talked about developing relationships with players, uh, that that's a priority because when you have something to say, uh, then they'll listen uh, if you have an established relationship. And uh, a lot of the, that, those thoughts were echoed here in J.F. Wool's uh, presser. I liked very much the things that he talked about, about having an open line of communication, getting to know players on an individual and personal level, and letting them get to know you personally as well. Um, I, I echo what you were saying about his unique experience being uh, a CHL and NCAA coach, and even further to that, having coached in the ECHL so that, as he says, he understands what players, the emotional roller coasters players go through when they're sent up and, and sent uh, sent down and called up, and, and that that also translates from AHL to NHL as well. So it is a very unique coaching background. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing how he's able to to pull all of that together now head coaching for the first time in the AHL. Um, one of the things that he did mention was uh, he's uh, our, our Flyers and Phantoms listeners know that one of Scott Gordon's uh, favorite phrases in uh, coaching the Lehigh Valley Phantoms was you have to earn your ice time. Um, and he did use that phrase, says that he likes that uh, phrase a bit, uh, but then also expanded on that a bit in a way that I thought was interesting. Uh, take a listen to this. There's a, there's a certain uh route that a player has to take in order to uh, to earn his ice time and uh, i think it's something that uh, we will communicate to the young players and uh, like i said we, we we will be positive with them and you know it's our jobs to make them learn and uh, it's uh, it's not always easy for young players it's sometimes they think it's gonna because they dominated at the junior level or college level that they're going to come in and and uh, be the guy but it usually doesn't work like that. This is a very, very strong league, and uh, the player has to be ready for for this. Uh, and sometimes it's uh, you know uh, the mental toughness of the game. Sometimes it's uh, uh, the player needs to find his confidence, and you know it's part of us coaching staff to to find ways uh, to press the right buttons for uh, for to uh, to get the best out of the players. This is. It sounds rather rather easy that uh, you earn your ice t- time. Well, that happens in the NHL. Why why shouldn't it happen in the AHL as well? Uh, but it's different. It's it's a little bit different in the AHL because 
if you're only rewarding, um, if, if that earning ice time to you means, uh, if it's based on performance, if you mean the guys that are scoring the goals, and uh, then that's going to hurt development. Uh, but if if that earning ice time is based rather not necessarily on performance, but on work ethic, on, on the compete level, um, then that allows uh, the younger players who maybe are, are, you know, having trouble scoring, but they're working hard. They're having trouble winning that face off, but they're they're staying after practice to uh, uh, to work on on things. Uh, that's how a, a good coach in the AHL, uh, um, evaluates um, their their prospects and allows them to earn ice time. One of the questions that uh, that I then asked him was talking about that balance between you know how how you you balance developing your prospects uh, while also creating a winning divi- uh, winning environment and incorporating. Uh, veterans into the roster and so forth. And uh, he had a he had a good answer of, about talking in reference of, of veterans on your AHL roster. It, it's so important to have good veterans, uh, good leaders that can show the way to to the young players. Uh, sometimes it's uh, it's overshadowed, but it's uh, it's it's key. It's very key that the the older guys take the young guys under their wing and. Uh, and they learn, you know, the coach, the coaching staff can, can only do so much. And, and sometimes when the, uh, the encouragement comes from your peers, it, uh, it really helps and gives a boost to the young players. We saw what good leaders uh, did for the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. Uh, but also um, it, it's, it's really important at the uh, AHL level. Um, a, a week or two back, we talked about Adam Cracknell. Uh, being such an excellent leader um, and, and, a, and a good, solid uh, AHL veteran. Um, and it just so happens that uh, Adam Cracknell uh, played for the Baker, Bakersfield Condors, where J.F. Wool came from. Uh, so when he's talking about uh, that it's important to have veterans, he's talking about players like Adam Cracknell. Absolutely. Um, we talked a bit here about, you know, uh, why developing the prospect is is so important? Putting them uh, in a you know how, how do you measure success in development of a prospect and so on and so forth? This final clip that we have from from JF Ull to me was the thing that he said. Uh, you know, I I was liking things that he talked about about his coaching experience about the level of communication about being a, you know, a a positive um, kind of coach that likes to reinforce with positive uh, feedback and so forth. But this next clip was the thing that made me sit up in my chair and say, yes. Now that sometimes it's not always about winning. Sometimes it's, you know, you want to obviously win and you want to do it in a winning environment, but sometimes a priority is, is to develop the player and, you have to put players in certain situations in order to develop uh, in hard situations. And if you don't put them in those situations as a, as a coach, then you're probably failing. The coach is anxious to get in there and, and, uh, but cut you off. Unfortunately, (laughs) did you just want to finish that thought? No, I was just saying, I, I was just saying that, that, it made me sit up and say, yes, that that's what I, I this is something I've been waiting, uh, waiting to hear. And, and I just really hope that what he says here 
actually translates into reality once we see things uh, uh, working there um, once the season starts. So here's an example of of that uh, learning, teaching, uh, giving experience uh, to young players versus uh, a focus on winning. And, and you know, hopefully there's going to be a, a big difference, a noticeable difference uh, in the approach uh, between this coach and the last head coach. Um, putting prospects in difficult situations. Uh, they need to learn that before they get to the NHL. Even though, you know, it's it's throwing someone out into the face-off circle when you know they're, they're having a tough time or putting them on the PK or power play. Uh, those are kind of things, working through difficult situations, learning from failing, learning from overcoming failure. All of those lessons are important. Uh, and and uh, in, in order to become a successful NHLer, and you have to learn that in the AHL where the mistakes aren't as crucial. Um, so he he's he's nailed he nailed it right there. Mm. Uh, now we want to see him follow through. Absolutely. So we wish the best of luck to uh, Jean Francois Hull. Uh, we are uh, pleased to welcome him to Laval as we did today uh, on the media call, uh, and we're. It'll be interesting now to see who he brings in. He says he's going to start start talking to Scott Mellenby in the next couple of days about uh, who his assistants will be. Uh, the one thing I think we'll we'll have a big question mark about is will Marco Marciano be back uh, as the goaltending coach for the Laval Rocket, um, and uh, who else he will fill in the bench with. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll have plenty of that. But uh, it's actually the perfect segue over to some Philadelphia Flyers coverage because there was a coaching position that was filled there this week as well. Uh, The Flyers announcing, of course, now that the Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, have a new head coach of their own, Ian LaPerriere being uh, given that position, left a vacancy on the Flyers bench for Elaine Vigneault. And so the Flyers uh, announced this week that they've named Daryl Williams as an assistant coach, uh, according to Chuck Fletcher. Um, Now, the interesting thing about this is... um, Daryl Williams has plenty of experience sharing a bench with Elaine Vigneault. They have coached together previously uh, for nine seasons, uh, four four years uh, as an assistant coach under Vigneault with the New York Rangers and six seasons as assistant coach uh, with him with the Vancouver Canucks. most recently, he's actually a, a native of Labrador City, Newfoundland, and uh, he has been an assistant coach in the ECHL for the Newfoundland Growlers since 2019. So this is a, a return to the NHL for him. And uh, Rick, I think with the familiarity with Elaine Vigneault, I think this will be a, a pretty good fit. Yeah, this will be an easy uh, easy fit to, to uh, return to. They know each other. They they. Uh, know how each other uh, coaches, and and uh, Elaine Vigneault is is very positive uh, about him and 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 integrating him into the coaching staff. Absolutely. So uh, the other big news from Philadelphia was they were one of the ones who did make some big uh, a big splashy move on Saturday uh, as the trade deadline approached uh, for the expansion draft. Um, not only pulling in uh, a, a big-name defenseman to, to pair with Ivan Provorov, which is what we have said. If you listen to last week's episode where we had Bill Meltzer uh, on, on the show, he said that was, of course, one of Chuck Fletcher's big priorities is get a big uh, defensive piece on the back end uh, and pulled it off with a three-team trade. Um, you saw 
Philadelphia acquire Ryan Ellis uh, in exchange for Philippe Myers and former first rounder Nolan Patrick. Uh, And then five minutes later, uh, Nashville then traded Nolan Patrick off to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Cody Glass. Uh, Rick, it was splashy. It was creative. It was inventive. And I think all of Flyers Twitter sat up and said, Okay, Chuck Fletcher, I see you. Let's do more of this. If this is how you're starting uh, the the moves that you're going to make in the offseason, we like it, and and let's see more of it. It was a spectacular trade. Um, the, the, the Flyers getting one of the uh, preeminent uh, puck-moving defensemen in the NHL, um, and uh, they did it creatively, as, as you said. You know, Mark Bergevin can't trade a backup goaltender, but here we have a three-team trade uh, that had um, all kinds of implications, even for the expansion draft, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why the, the expansion draft implication was the the Nashville uh, Vegas uh, piece of it. Um, it. It's 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 a shame to see uh, a promising defenseman like Phil, Phil Philippe Myers go uh, mm-hmm. to Nashville. Uh, Nolan Patrick, um, you know, had his had his injury issues. Um, and and for Nashville, many were saying that they expected it would have taken more uh, than Myers and, and Patrick to, uh, uh, to, to to leverage uh, Ryan Ellis uh, from Nashville. But you know there was uh, discussions about uh, injury issues there, which he kind of uh, shot down today in in his presser. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, a really um, um, well, Chuck Fletcher had a had his shopping list, as you said. Um, he he's needed this piece uh, uh, for two years now, and and he went out and got it. Um, Elliot Friedman uh, reported that uh, there seems to be uh, you know lots of lots of pundits out there talking about that the Flyers are going to be extremely active. He said the folks he's talked in to in the Flyers organization say, just pump the brakes on that. There'll be some strategic moves, but don't, don't expect this to happen, you know, on a weekly basis throughout the off season. I think the big key thing is, and, and it was something that we spoke about in that interview with Bill Melter last week. If you missed it, I, I highly recommend you go back, uh, go to the press FM and, and check out last week's episode. It was an extensive interview with Bill Meltzer about all of the needs that the Flyers need to address in the off season, not just what was going to happen for the protected lists. Um, but I think the big key out of this is not only did they get that big puck moving defenseman that they needed, he checked the first box uh, off on the list. He did so without having to give up that first round draft pick yet. Um, and he has said openly, he said in his pre-draft presser last week that if if the asset is, is right and the price is right, uh, he is willing to consider giving up that first round draft pick. Uh, in Friday's first round uh, of the draft, uh, but he managed to get this big piece of the puzzle in place without having to touch draft picks. Uh, and so I think that was a, a big win for him as well. And just to clarify um, for uh, fans, listeners who don't know uh, who Ryan Ellis is, when you say uh, big puck moving, you're, you're talking about a big name. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ryan Ellis is not a big player. No. Um, uh, but, uh, but very effective at what he does. A, yes, a big name puck moving defenseman. He has a large beard, but... He, oh my goodness! In his presser today, he looked like he's like him. Him and Jumbo Joe must have a have a have a little competition going on there. He he uh, looking pretty wild there. Um, 
So the other the other big now piece of speculation, there's still a lot of pieces of the puzzle for Philadelphia that have to fall into place, but all eyes are on the Tarasenko um, situation. Uh, we've we've talked about is is it going to be Tarasenko for Voracek? Um, the Flyers protected list ended up so with with Philippe Myers um, and and Nolan Patrick uh, traded away. Um, some people thought that perhaps that would mean uh, that they would protect James Van Riemsdyk. Instead, they opted to uh, protect Nick Abe Kubel. Um, so JVR is still exposed. Uh, JVR, uh, Voracek, um, some some big contracts. Uh, so Tarasenko, still a possibility. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um but getting Jake Con- Jake Voracek's contract off the books would be helpful for the Philadelphia Flyers, and I think they wouldn't mind having a Tarasenko in return. Um, lots to keep an eye on. Uh, it'll be I'll, I'll be curious to see who Seattle uh, selects from the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I I still think now that they've exposed JVR that it'll probably be him, but but you never know. Well, and and you think that the the Flyers would would like um, to keep JVR, but there mm-hmm. there are some benefits to him going. You mentioned the contract, uh, same for for Voracek, and maybe he needs a new new home. Um, but they uh, the Flyers got so uh, got word that that uh, Seattle was eyeing up uh, Nick Abe Kubel, and and so uh, they that was a, a player that they wanted to protect. Um, they're going to lose a, a good player, but uh, it's going to help their situation. So, with the with the protected list that came out this past weekend, are there any are there any aside from Carey Price getting exposed um, across the league? Are there any big surprise? Were there any real big surprises for you in terms of of someone being left exposed that that surprised you, or or someone who was protected that surprised you? Was there any, was there anyone that really stuck out that you think were were big monumental pieces of news? Well, I mean, there's there's bigger names that that were left unprotected, and and those being Carey Price and PK Subban and mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Deshane, uh, Ryan Johansson, uh, Reamsdyke and and uh, Voracek, um, Brayden Holtby, Mark Giordano in Calgary, um, Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, we kind of forget about him. The 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 folks in in Tampa, Kilhorn and and uh, and Palat. Um, but then there's there's the unrestricted free agents mm-hmm. um, that uh, that are interesting. I guess that the biggest one there is uh, Gabriel Landeskog from Colorado, uh, Zach Hyman from the Leafs. Uh, Ovechkin is is on the list. Interestingly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taylor Hall, um, uh, Phil Deneau. Uh, David Krejci, Ryan Getzlaff. So um, there's there's going to be um, you know some very very good players uh, for uh, Seattle to take. They've talked about uh, protecting their cap and that how valuable it is. Uh, but also, I, I don't think they were they certainly weren't expecting Carey Price to be available, and they're going to need some marquee type players in order to um, you know to to uh, Gain, gain a buzz or continue the buzz that that they've already started to build. I think that uh, whoever whoever Seattle selects tomorrow night, I think it's safe to say that they're going to have a pretty decent lineup. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it made me think back to, to four years ago when, when we were in this same situation with Vegas. Um, and I know as we get closer to the beginning of the season, we'll, we'll do kind of our power rankings and that kind of thing. But it made me think back something you had met, you had actually mentioned to, something to me about this the other day. So I went back and four years ago in September of 2017, we were, we were doing our power rankings for that year. That's as Vegas had come into the Vegas. This was Vegas's first year. Um, and everyone and their dog fans, media, so-called quote unquote experts, nobody gave it with, 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 who they with who they ended up because remember Vegas selected a bunch you know they they went through their expansion draft selection and then they traded a bunch of guys mm-hmm. and what they ended up with was kind of like eh, okay like okay they have some decent pieces but eh, I don't know nobody thought Vegas had a shot and then you and I did our power rankings on this show in its in its first season. In fact, this was season one, episode two, second episode, back in September 2017. Just take a listen to this. I also believe in beginner's luck. And, and, and in Sin City, where gambling, a lot of times, beginner's luck gets you a long way. I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to want to prove that they are not just some another piece of entertainment on the Strip in Las Vegas. I think... While I don't particularly love the roster that they'll be icing, um, I think that they're going to have a little bit of that extra scrappiness because they're going to prove to fans and prove to the league that they're not just cash in the pan, the new guy on the block. So, um, bottom five, right? You know that? Stop. <laughs> I know it's not the bottom five. I'm not, as as I, I, I clarified, I don't love their roster. Um, but I, I am curious to see how hard they are going to fight to. At least I was kind. <laughs> <laughs> and this was a big feature of our feature segment of our first season of the show back in 2017 was every week we did a top five segment. Uh, so this this was kind of our top five projections for for who's going to be you know, our top five power rankings, basically. And I had Vegas at number five. I didn't, I didn't go with the top, but, but, you know, I, I went with number five and I said what I said, you heard, you heard it. You then said, you, you know, this isn't the bottom five, right? You know, you, you, you laid your opinion out there. I would just like it to be on the record that that year then Vegas, uh, in the first round of the playoffs, yeah, they made the playoffs and then beat the swept the LA Kings four to nothing in the first round of the playoffs. They beat the San Jose Sharks in the second round of the playoffs four to two. In the Western Conference Finals, they beat the Winnipeg Jets four to one, winning the Western Conference in their inaugural year, and then of course went on to lose uh, in the Stanley Cup Final uh, four games to one to Washington. But um, you were talking about beginner's luck, weren't you? Yeah. So uh, we'll see if I make the same kind of no, and, massive projection this year, depending on who Seattle selects. And listen, there isn't time to play all the clips, but no. uh, but I gave you I gave you credit throughout you the throughout yes, the did. year uh, that you were the only one that was was backing Vegas when when no one else was. You consistently referred back to that 
to that episode all the time through as as Vegas's success continued to snowball, um, and then particularly every round of the playoffs that they were winning. You you yes, I will credit you. You consistently reminded our listeners. You know, she did say <laughs> back in September, you were the only one to say. Um, but just a, a you mentioned it the other day, and now that we're in, it's it's not often that we get these expansion draft moments, and so. Just a little look back to season one, episode two. <laughs> can't wait for your power rankings this fall. Oh, yes, I can't wait. Uh, we, what we're going to do right now, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we've got so much more for you. We've got more look backs coming. Don't worry. Um, but the first thing we're going to touch on the other side is the new uh, Vancouver Canucks Abbotsford team launch. We're going to talk about some coaching movement in the AHL and, and yes, some more look backs from our earlier days here uh, on the press zone, formerly known as From the Press Box. So you don't want to miss any of it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, just a reminder, be sure you're following us on Twitter. Uh, two places for you to do that. Be sure you're following at the AHL Report. That's where you'll get all of our news, uh, press releases, uh, specific content, feature uh, articles uh, related to the AHL and prospects in general, both for the Flyers and Phantoms and the Habs and the Laval Rocket, uh, and even further, the Reading Royals and the Trois Rivières Lions at the ECHL level, and is in addition uh, prospects uh, in junior hockey, NCAA, that type of thing. Also, be sure you're following this podcast at the Press Zone. Um, consider it, you know, your 200th episode present to us. Make sure you're following both of those accounts. 
Uh, in this segment, we go around the AHL uh, and uh, lots of news to cover here. Finally, after a week's delay, the Vancouver Canucks uh, were able to officially launch their new AHL franchise in uh, Abbotsford, and they join the ranks of AHL affiliates, uh, something that the the Islanders AHL affiliate just did earlier this summer, uh, of naming their affiliate the same thing that their NHL club is. And so now it is the Abbotsford Canucks. Of course, remember, uh, formerly the Vancouver's affiliate was the Utica Comets, uh, spending a, a good length of time in Utica. And uh, now moving to Abbotsford to be closer to Vancouver, uh, the Abbotsford Canucks uh, will feature that same uh, color combination, the the bright green uh, and and bright blue uh, and white uh, for the Vancouver Canucks um, and that that the Utica Comets used to sport. Uh, and they will also feature Johnny Canuck as the primary logo. And and Rick, we I think we have thoughts on that. I like it. Listen, I like uh, it too. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a simple uh, logo. It's it's the lumberjack Johnny Canuck on skates. Um, looks very purposeful. Uh, as, he's very intentional in <laughs> in his stride. Uh, yeah, as toque and and uh, and his uh-huh. stick. Yeah, old fashioned gloves. Uh, listen, it it's uh, the the Canucks. Their their uh, iconic logo was just a hockey stick. And uh, and so this is very simple too. As you said, it maintains the colors. Um, there's a stripe on the on the sleeve that has the A for Abbotsford in it. Um, it's 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 not a bad logo at all. They're on their website. They go into great detail about Johnny. Canuck. About Johnny, yeah. It says like our great city, Johnny is a force of nature. He's a product of the natural environment that surrounds us, from rugged mountains to vast and open green as far as the eye can see. He's strong and determined. He's relentless, powerful, and gritty. Um, excuse me, what? Said every Philadelphia Flyers fan. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to take the league by storm. Uh, they, he goes... He. They go on with the description. I love the last line. He also knows how to kick back and celebrate when the job's been done and is known to crush a cold one with friends from time to time. All right. You know. So I'm glad to hear that you that you like um, the Johnny Canuck look. It just has a classic kind of look to and it. And I, well, my first reaction, I even, I even said this to you when, when they launched it. Um, I think I'm going to have to get at least a shirt because it is a, it's a fun enough logo that I think I need to, to put one in. I'm going to ask you. Um, we're going to, we're going to travel back in time to season one, episode five, uh, back in 2017. This is our fifth episode, and our top five segment for that week was top five AHL sweaters. Okay. AHL jerseys. Um, and a lot of a lot of our a lot of our selections in that top five for both of us were influenced by the logo. Uh, and I thought uh, it was a little interesting. I was like, you know, let me go back since we're talking about this new logo and its uniqueness. Let's go back and uh, let's, we, we, we heard what my number five selection was in the last segment for uh, the power rankings in 2017. What was the, what was your number five selection 
in this category, season one, episode five. I have the Utica Comets at number five. Um, and I, I think, I like the logo. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. It's that, that shield with the, the, the puck through it. And, um, and, you know, I think I like their uniforms better than I, I do the Canucks. The, the, you know, they have the Canucks right. blue, and, blue and green kind of uh, mm-hmm. theme going. Um, but somehow, somehow, it were, maybe it's a small rink and maybe I'm influenced by the great atmosphere in that building when we go there. But um, somehow those, those uh, jerseys are pretty striking when you see them. And the funny thing is, um, their jersey was my number one pick in that segment. Wow, I, I wouldn't have remembered what uh, what we said back then. And 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 uh, again, the audio our audio My was goodness. terrible. <laughs> um, but but we had tin cans back then. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but uh, they they are the, and and you know that atmosphere. Let's hope that Abbotsford uh, recreates that mm-hmm. uh, that atmosphere because because Utica is a great place to to see a hockey game. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think they've, I think they've done well with, uh, with the jerseys, with the, the logo and, um, and, and it'll be nice to, to have hockey back to, um, Abbotsford and, uh, they're going to get a, they're going to get a preseason game between the, the Canucks and the Calgary Flames, I believe on, uh, September 27th, um, Abbot at the Abbotsford center. Uh, so that, that'll be a nice kickoff to, uh, the new season. Absolutely, it will. Um, and yeah, just fun to go back. I couldn't, I, I, this, that was a giant question mark for me when I was putting the show together, you know, talking about, okay, well, you seem to like this new logo for Abbotsford, and I think it's kind of fun. Um, and I, and I remembered that we did that. I was like, well, let me just go see. Maybe by happenstance, one of us would have talked about Utica, not knowing both of us did. Um, and you were, you were very, you were very adamant about your opinion, hmm. so it's pretty fun. Um, there is another Utica carryover, though. Uh, the news came out that Trent Cole will return as the Abbotsford Canucks' uh, first head coach uh, this fall. Of course, Trent Cole was the head coach for the Utica Comets under Vancouver uh, previously, so... Um, no coaching vacancy really there. It was just more of the announcement that he was staying with the organization in the same role, uh, just moving now from Utica to Abbotsford. Yeah, most of the coaching and training staff uh, stayed together, and and uh, so it should be a smooth transition. Absolutely, and Trent Cole has has been the head coach of the Utica Comets for the last four seasons, so um, it's a it's a great uh, great move that they're able to keep him on. Um, other head coaches around the league are on the move. Uh, we've spoken about Spencer Carberry, uh, quite often as, uh, in, in recent seasons, um, he has been the head coach of the Hershey Bears since June of 2018. In this past season, uh, he won the AHL's award for being uh, the outstanding coach of the league this season um, after leading Hershey to the best record um, overall in the league for the regular season. Um, and, well, 
Hershey now has a coaching vacancy because Toronto has snapped him up. It was announced this week that the Toronto Maple Leafs have hired Spencer Carberry as an assistant coach uh, under Sheldon Keefe uh, for the Maple Leafs. So, Rick, this is a case where, uh, you know, we talk almost every week about how the AHL and even the ECHL is a training ground, not just for the development of players, but also for coaches and staff and broadcasters and referees, uh, referee. Yes. Officials, all of them. Um, And so this is great news for Spencer Carberry. Uh, He's been a a tremendous asset for Hershey who has a a, a custom of bringing in some very effective head coaches and, and promoting them and graduating them to the NHL, Spencer Carberry being the next one. But it also leaves a big gaping hole for Hershey to now find someone to, to fill those shoes uh, quickly before uh, much, before we get too deep into the summer before next season. Certainly makes sense for the Leafs. Uh, as we know, Sheldon Keefe was uh, a very good coach for the Marlies in the AHL before his promotion. And now they bring in one of the, well, uh, was uh, named the best coach in the AHL last year. And uh, as we mentioned, Laval filled their head coaching position today. Uh, I believe it was yesterday that the Manitoba Moose announced that they had filled their head coaching position. Mark Morrison uh, returns to the franchise um, after serving as an assistant uh, for six years with the Moose um, and the St. John's Ice Caps Winnipeg version. Um and so he's, he has spent time in the organization before, uh, but uh, he now comes back after being an assistant coach with the Anaheim Ducks for the last four years, comes back uh, and takes Pascal Vincent's place. Of course, Pascal Vincent uh, brought on as an assistant coach uh, under Brad Larson with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So another AHL coach getting an NHL promotion, Sylvain Lefebvre, the same thing, uh, Sylvan uh, also moving uh, under Brad Larson to help join his bench as an assistant. So a vacancy left by um, Pascal Vincent in Manitoba, now filled by Mark Morrison. He had been an assistant coach with Anaheim uh, for the last four seasons, but very familiar with the Jets organization. Uh, he was involved in in working with players and and promoting um, uh, their players from the Moose to the to the um, well, and, and at that time could have been the the Ice Caps to uh, the Winnipeg Jets, like uh, Kyle Connor and Connor Hellebuck, Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey. Uh, he's familiar with uh, most of the the uh, players, uh, most of the the staff in the organization, and he talks about um, Paul Maurice as being one of uh, his greatest influencers as a, as a coach. So uh, he's happy to be back, and and uh, will be guiding uh, the uh, the Manitoba Moose and and helping to transition their prospects to the Winnipeg Jets. We have a lot of new coaches to get to know. Um especially for for the, for our fan base uh, who who comprises the bulk of our listeners here on the press zone uh, we've got new head coaches to to get to know in Lehigh Valley and in Laval and uh, some assistant coaches along with them so it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting season heading into the AHL uh, this September and October and we will have all of the updates for you we'll keep you tapped into all of the moves and who's showing up where and how all the dots connect, don't you worry. Uh, We're going to take one last break. On the other side of that, we're going to go beyond the AHL. Uh, We've got another 
little trip down memory lane for you before uh, we also talk about all, all of the things prospect-related that are coming up this week. We've got the entry draft, uh, the World Junior Summer Showcase, and uh, also some tips on how you could join us here at Rocket Sports if you love hockey and are and are looking to get into sports journalism. Uh, we've got some opportunities for you. So don't go anywhere. We are going to be back just in a moment. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back one more time here to the Press Zone. We're so glad you are here. Once again, my name is Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Hey, we're celebrating our 200th episode today, if you can believe that. Uh, so be sure you're following us on Twitter. Uh, the last segment we gave you, of course, our, our team accounts to follow. If you'd like to follow Rick and I uh, on Twitter, you can do that as well. You can find Rick at AllHabs on Twitter, and you can find me at Liars rule. We always love to hear whether you whether you tweet us at the press zone at the AHL report or Rick or, or my own um, personal Twitter accounts. We love to hear from our listeners. We love to hear if you've got questions, if you've got comments, if you've got feedback. So don't hesitate. Uh, reach out. We always love to hear from you. You know, and it's Rick, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, longtime listeners know that, uh, you know, there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of of, of hockey um 
content that kind of goes away in the summertime, in the off-season. Um, and that here at Rocket Sports, that's not something that we do. It's not a, a, a philosophy we follow because uh, we know that um, hockey news happens all year round. Uh, and so, you know, usually we take a week or two off uh, in August um, just to kind of catch our breath and, and catch up on, on some projects behind the scenes. Um, but four years uh, has has gotten us here to this fifth season and now our 200th episode. Um, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've we've really um, had the opportunity to um interact with a lot of wonderful listeners. Uh, one of the biggest things I think we're proud of is not only bringing so much prospect news to our listeners at, so that by the time these guys debut in the NHL, you're already well acquainted with them because you've heard about their ups and downs and progression, whether it's in junior or NCAA or the AHL. Um, the other thing that we love to do is bring special guests onto the show. Thanks to, uh, you know, we've had the the privilege and honor of making some great friends and acquaintances and, and connections around the hockey community um, in our travels, in our extensive travels to rinks all across North America. Uh, and so we've we've really had a, a fantastic stable of special guests who have gladly come on the show and, and spoken to us and our listeners. And, you know, I thought I was I was like, you know, we, we really need to, to kind of remember all of the special guests we've had over the last four years. First, um, we've had some great either for current or former hockey professional hockey players, right? We have. Um, we have Zach Fucali and uh, Charlie Lindgren. Notice I start with two goaltenders. Notice. Notice that. Um, Bobby Farnham. Uh, that was that was fun having Bobby on. Danny Briere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Prop. Uh, Brad Marsh. Isaac Radcliffe uh, was uh, an excellent interview. And uh, and former Canadians defenseman Mike Weaver. That's right. And we always, we we've joked with Charlie Lindgren that he's he's kind of our um, he's. He's become our he first. Permanent spot. Yes, he, he's become our first repeat player guest. He's been on a, a few times. Um, as far as uh, team personnel, these are these are folks who are officially affiliated with a professional hockey organization. We've had uh, special guest Bill Meltzer, uh, who of course is the contributor for the Flyers NHL site. Bill's been on a, a number of times. Megan Cahill, she is the social media extraordinaire for the Syracuse and media coordinator for the Syracuse Crunch. She's fantastic. We've had Mark Waitman on, uh, who is now heading up the Trois Rivière Lions in the ECHL. Nick Vitutzi, who is a pro scout for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Brian Rogers, the former broadcaster for the St. John's Ice Caps. Nick Hart, who is the broadcaster, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. And Zach Fish, who is the play-by-play broadcaster for the Hershey Bears. Lots of lots of really great folks there uh, who do a tremendous job at what they do and and always have great insight, kind of the behind the scenes of of the AHL and and pro hockey. Uh, but it also means we've we've met a lot of media members and made a lot of friends around uh, the media who have also graciously uh, offered their time to come on to the show as well, Rick. It's always great to see them uh, in the arenas when we're there and and uh, to to talk with them. 
but uh, we've been able to stay in touch with them during the pandemic. Some of them are uh, that we've had on as guests. Russ Cohn from uh, Sportsology, uh, Douglas Gallivan from CBC Montreal, uh, Dan Ra- Robertson, the play-by-play uh, radio voice of the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, Patrick Williams, the AHL correspondent uh, for NHL.com. That's right. We've also had Ken Reed on the show. He was on to uh, promote his latest book from uh, from uh, what is called One to Remember, guys who uh, played one NHL game. We've had Sam Cosentino on the show uh, once or twice to talk about uh, prospects and, and the draft. Uh, J.F. Chamont, uh, from, uh, journalist, of course, from uh, Journal de Montréal in, in Montreal. Anthony Mingioni, uh on the Flyers beat. Always a great uh, great interview. And Joe Yurden uh, covering the Buffalo Sabres. So just a, just a taste of, of a lot of the special guests that we've had uh, the privilege, pleasure, and honor of uh, inviting onto the show and having uh, here. And uh, believe me, we've got lots more planned. Uh, some of those names you heard, you will, you, they will, of course, appear on this show again. And there's lots of names that aren't on that list that are still to come. Uh, we've got some great things lined up this this year ahead. Um, but it made me also want to think back. Okay. Where did it all begin? And and we've we've heard clips from uh, episode two in our first season, episode five in our first season. Um, but what about the very first episode? And and the funny thing is, is episode one was actually not our first episode. We did a fifteen to twenty minute kind of pilot episode before our first episode ever aired, just kind of as a get our feet wet and introduce ourselves to folks. And the interesting thing, Rick, was at the very end of it, of of that pilot episode, um, we talked about what this podcast was going to be about. And the fantastic thing is, is that 200 episodes later, our core mission behind this podcast, well, listen for yourself. I don't think it's changed. We want to thank everyone who's listening to this first little kind of mini pilot episode. We're just about to wrap things up here, but but just talk a little bit, Rick, about what what it is that people can can expect from this program throughout the upcoming season. Well, I think we've we've always focused on on prospects. It's important. Um, I've always thought that it's important for us to tell the full story of prospects right from the draft, um, so that that prior to um, any, let's say, the first call-up or, or uh, appearing on an opening day roster, our readers and our listeners have an opportunity to, to know the full story. What, kind of, what can they expect, expect from particular players? Um, so we're going to be looking at prospects um, in the Cana- uh, Canadians' prospects. We'll be looking at uh, the Lavelle Rocket. We'll be looking at the Brampton Beast. We'll be looking at the AHL in general. Um, and anything else that we, uh, as, as our travels take us, <laughs> that's right. uh, around the AHL and NHL, um, uh, well, throughout the year. Well, and that's kind of the fun part of this too, is that, you know, we, we meet a lot of folks on the road, uh, that have great stories. And so sometimes there's stories that aren't necessarily on the ice, whether it's coaching staff and training staff or scouts, uh, that, that we get to know. Um, we want to bring those kinds of voices and stories to, to our readers and our listeners. And so this is going to give us a great opportunity to do that and, and kind of give you a broader scope of, of just the stat sheet after every game each night, which we'll of course continue to do. We're going to continue our, our extensive coverage, uh, 
of the Laval Rocket and, and the Brampton Beast and some other uh, AHL organizations. In addition to that, the AHL is a very exciting league on its own. And so we'll, we'll be here to bring you all of the news and entertainment updates and, and things of that nature and special events that are going on around the American League. And so it's going to be really, really fun every Tuesday with uh, yours truly and Rick Stevens right here on the AHL Report. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great addition to uh, our Rocket Sports Radio um, podcast um, that we'll be featuring throughout the year. Well, that... (laughs) (laughs) To know that's... Yeah, to know that's how we started and and that was our aim and... and, uh, where we are now is is uh, just as as you said. I mean, we got into this because there was, uh, yeah, I think there there was a a real need rather than just as you said, uh, somebody gets called up and and you look at the the stat sheet and and have uh, fans to try to make their own judgments from that. We want to tell the the full story as as I said, uh, uh, right from the draft and and in some cases even before that, uh, so that. The, so that listeners really know um, who these players are in both the Philadelphia Flyers organization and the Montreal Canadiens organization. And um, at the time, and, and still now, there's the other than, than um, uh, the press zone, the press zone Montreal and the press zone Philly, there's a real lack of focus on prospects and on the AHL. Um, Patrick Williams around the A-pod is, is uh, one of the best and, and, uh, and uh, he's been a guest uh, several times mm-hmm. and, and we support each other. And I think, uh, you know, uh, then our podcast has been around for 200 episodes and, and uh, we, we've kind of uh, unique in, in the market that way in the kind of focus uh, that we have. And as I said, in, in that clip way back then, uh, in the fall of 2017, you know, that we want to bring uh, a, a wide variety of voices to the show of, of and, and I even listed there, oh, you know, voices of coaches and staff and scouts. And, and, and that's an exact reflection of the list that you and I just read off of all the special guests that we've had on the show over the last four years. Uh, and so... We can we we are still committed to that a, a, a original initial core mission of the show. I was I was tickled pink to to listen to us describe the show in that first pilot episode, and to realize that we are still doing exactly that. Um, and and that mission hasn't changed, and our execution of that hasn't changed, and we've got more plans to continue doing that uh, moving forward. I think it's very exciting for our listeners. Um, it's very exciting to reach 200 episodes. You know, I used to I used to work in television, and and you know these kinds of milestones, uh, no matter what kind of show you produce, are a big deal. Um, because it's just a moment for you to take a step back, whether it's uh, from a hosting point or a production point, and say, wow, uh, there's there's a lot of work that's gone into this product. Um, and we wouldn't be here celebrating a 200th episode if it weren't for all of you who are listening at home. Um, we appreciate your loyalty, your listenership, the fact that you share our podcasts with your family and friends and fellow hockey lovers. Um and, and we're really just looking forward to the next 100, 200, 300 and more episodes. Um, and Rick, really this week coming up gets back to the crux of what that core mission is. It's prospects right from the draft. Um, and so uh, the 2021 entry draft will take place this Friday and Saturday. We've got the first round happening Friday night. 
rounds two through seven on Saturday. Um, and it's an exciting time of year because this is the first look and, and the first step uh, in the career of tomorrow's NHL stars. And of course, uh, Rocket Sports will be there covering it all right along the way. We will. Now, we would we would rather be there in person, mm-hmm. uh, as we have uh, so many times before. And and uh, for those uh, who, who don't know, we, we like to take a, a group of fans with us to the draft uh, and give them a rather unique experience, lower bowls, reserve seats, uh, and give them um, um, an up-close and personal uh, view of, of the new prospects. And, and hopefully we're going to get back to that uh, after the pandemic. But we're going to give you the best experience uh, you, can, uh, you can get. Otherwise, um, wall-to-wall coverage of the NHL entry draft. We'll have a dra- draft tracker going. We have, uh, uh, for our Montreal Canadiens listeners, we have a draft primer up now on allhabs.net. We'll have another one, and it's for the first two rounds of the draft. We'll have uh, rounds three through seven, a draft primer going up, and uh, some draft targets uh, as well. Um, so we'll, we'll have full coverage uh, of the draft as well. This week, we have two Canadians Connection podcasts, one Thursday after the expansion draft, and the next one on Sunday after the NHL entry draft. Absolutely. And uh, our friend Ben Danku will also have uh, on our YouTube channel at All Habs, uh, we'll have a reaction video, a fan reaction video to the expansion draft. That'll come out on Thursday. Uh, and uh, he'll have a draft reaction video coming out next Monday. So be on the lookout for those. Flyers fans, we haven't forgotten about you. Uh, we'll also have uh, some draft related things coming your way as well. So be sure you're following at the Flyers Report for those items. Items. Um, and uh, on social media, uh, we'll have um, some some graphic updates for all of the draft picks for the Canadians and the Flyers as they happen in real time. So be on the lookout for all of that. That's where things start. Uh, even before that, uh, players are, are, are getting noticed in other ways. In fact, uh, the USA Hockey Annual World Junior Summer Showcase kicks off on Saturday in the midst of the second day of the draft. Um, that is USA Hockey this year hosting teams from Finland and Sweden as the this week-long kind of mini-tournament is a tune-up for the late calendar year um, training camps and selection camps uh, that each uh, nation's national team will go through to choose their U20 teams for the World Juniors in 2022. Um, And so we will have full coverage of that for Canadians fans. uh, Luke Tuck is scheduled to be there playing for uh, Team USA. For Flyers fans, Emile Andre is going to be there uh, playing as well. Uh, We will be speaking with both of those players. Uh, Those uh, will be exclusive interviews that will be coming up next week. In addition, since since the draft is happening at the same time as the summer showcase kicks off, any uh, prospects drafted by Montreal or um, Philadelphia throughout the draft who then are already at this tournament of uh, playing for either USA, Finland, or Sweden, we will also be speaking with them as well. So lots of coverage there coming for you from the AHL report. Like we said, Rick, we, we like to start introducing our listeners to these prospects the moment they become a part of either the Montreal Canadiens or Philadelphia Flyers organization. Absolutely. Uh, so lots of coverage this week. Don't miss a minute of it. Be sure you're following on Twitter. Um, 
we've got lots of new things, you know, as soon as all of this settles down, of course, we've got free agency next week. That'll be a topic of conversation on next week's show. Uh, After we get through July, of course, August will simmer down a little bit as far as hockey news. Uh, We'll be busy working behind the scenes, getting everything prepped across Rocket Sports for next season. We've got some new segments coming up. Um, We've got some new columns in the works, uh, all sorts of new things. But really, our feel-good finale for this week is celebrating 200 episodes here at uh, the Press Zone and also just the fact that for more than a decade, Rocket Sports has been committed to to uh, bringing prospect information to our readers and our listeners. Uh, and so we want you to be part of that. Um, and if you are a budding journalist, if you know someone who is Uh, going to school for sports journalism, if you know someone who um, has an interest in hockey writing and hockey journalism um, and would like to get their feet wet, would like to get a little bit of uh, training from from a, a, a very experienced group of people um, and would like to get involved with what we do here at Rocket Sports, um, we would love to hear from you. We're, we're currently filling positions for writers and, uh, you know, folks to help out with news headlines and and game recaps and and all sorts of things so uh rick now is now is a great time if if people want to get their foot in the door and get a little bit of experience and join us uh next season now's a great time to do so over the last dozen years uh we've had about 130 uh contributors to our, our rocket sports publications and uh yes as you mentioned uh, um, if you're looking for uh, to be a writer, we're, we're glad to help train you there. Um, you might be a photographer. Um, uh, you can do research. Uh, if you can do graphics, um, if you can um, help us as a podcast producer, um, a social media specialist, a uh, website developer. Um, if you're interested in hockey and you have some talent and you can uh, make a commitment to a really talented team and you have a willingness to learn, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, so you can, um, if you head over, uh, actually the the podcast post on ahlreport.com for this podcast has a link in it, uh, which will take you directly to the join our team uh, webpage. Uh, you can just go to ahlreport.com um, and there is a join our team link. Um, and that's the best way to let us know that you're interested and uh, give us a bit of information about who you are and what your experience and goals are. And we would love to hear from you. So, um, Rick, thank you so much. 200 episodes has gone by like that in a blink of an eye. Um, and I agree with you with what you said at the top of the show. It's been uh, it's been a fun episode each and every time. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, putting together these episodes, for being acting as both host and producer and and uh, for arranging guests and and for always having something fun for us to talk about. And we couldn't do it without all of you. So thank you to all of you for your loyal listenership. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed this little trip down memory lane for our 200th episode. And we look forward to inviting you and welcoming you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone. Uh, I think there's going to be probably a lot to talk about after this week. So you don't want to miss it. Thanks so much. Enjoy the draft, the expansion draft. And we'll see you next Tuesday right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. 
visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.